I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Sarah, Sarah, it's episode three, and sadly this year there'll be no Wembley as the Huddersfield Giants succumbed manfully to a strong St. Helens side at Headingley. Coming up this week, we'll look back at the defeat to St. Helens, look forward to Monday night's game against Warrington, and all of the news and talking points in between. Singing from the same hymn sheet this week as myself, Matt Shaw, this week I have a man who on Friday almost turned into George Michael on account of him singing Jesus to a child's solidly for a full 80 minutes, it's Jake Rowlands. A chap who still firmly believes it's playoffs for the Giants, it's Destiny's Child, Nathaniel Wood. And finally, a man who'll be learning some new editing skills for this podcast this evening. It'll be Voodoo Childs for Josh Phillips. Good evening, everyone. How are we doing? Good evening. Thank you. Good evening. Really good. Okay. Very well, thank you. Okay, enough of the puns. Uh, St. Helens 23, uh, Huddersfield Giants 18. Um, re- my main takeaway from this one... Um, Jake was uh, a brilliant defensive line from from Huddersfield, defended manfully on the line. Um, I, I thought it was a really solid, solid defensive display. Uh, just fell short in the end, but a manful effort, I thought. Hey, could say that. I mean, I thought his right side defence was pretty dodgy at times, poor in areas. I mean, some of them tries you'd expect us to stop, and we we would usually stop. I think you know, got over a bit easy on a couple of occasions. Um, but generally, you know, middle of the field, we manned up well. Um, like the previous game, St. Helens had a lot of pressure. We seemed to, you know, hold out, did really well. And uh, we were right in the game until the very end, weren't we? Uh, yeah, happy with the performance, but still quite a few areas to work on if we're going to improve. How did you see that then, Nathaniel, in con- in contrast? Uh, tend to agree. Good performance. Um, I think St. Helens have had... An easier start to the season if you look at the sort of teams they've played. They haven't played any of the top teams and played us twice, mate. Teams. Played us twice. That's top side. Well, that's it. The, the <laughs> two toughest games they've had. Yep. If you look at the scoreline and the differences, is eight points in the league against us and five uh, last Friday in the cup. So we've run them twice, and everyone says they're the best team in the league. But we've, you know, we, we've served up to them twice, and probably saying both games. We've probably just been a bit unlucky. You know, a few calls here and there going our way, and a bit of luck. Could have, you know, it could have been a different story. Couldn't on Friday. I thought, like saying, in the middle, we were fantastic as forwards. Really stepped up and took it to them, and we got in the lead. And probably unlucky not to go twelve and up. If I'm honest with Josh Jones, just try and surprise didn't check that with a video ref. Um, we stuck into the game and we did well. Like saying, like say the middles, I thought were fantastic. They did massive, massive, massive credit for me. Um, Sounds were a very big pack. You know, the warms and the passes. You know, they play big minutes. They're big blocks. We also, we've all said previously on here we don't have the biggest part, but they stepped up well, so they deserve a massive part on the back for me. I think, I think what we're good as well is, you know, the, I think St. Helens conceded the first penalties, didn't they, in that game? I think we got a, a penalty in a set of six quite early on, which helped us get upfield. 
Um, usually it's us into conceding penalties straight away and getting on back foot. Um, it was just good to see it forwards get out, get in the faces, and you know put pressure on on another team. And it was the first time this year we've actually scored first, wasn't it? So that was quite a pleasantry as well. Yeah, I believe that's that's where you Watson comes into it. Um, it's said all along, it's about getting into the arm wrestling and enjoying that tug of war basically and going step for step. People said if you go, I know that. I think it was by Matt David, maybe Phil Clark, one of them on the sky, was saying if you go set for set for set, Ellens will lose. Fair enough, we did lose, but I thought we handled the set for set with Saints very, very well all game. So Ian Watson says the arm wrestle's key and fitness will prevail. And, you know, if we want to play like that, we do against Ellens every week, we're going to come away with two points in the league most games. So it's definitely pleasing for me. How good is Luke Yates, Josh? He's very good. Uh, like what I've seen from him, he's, he's consistently a uh, top tackler every week. And also some of the tackles that he puts in, they're real, you know, bone shattering hits, aren't they? He gets gets under that ball and they they even if they're a lot bigger than him, like that Parsi and you know, Wormsley, he's not afraid to uh, stop him in the tracks. Um but yeah, I think he uh, typifies everything that was good about us in that game, to be honest. I saw a lot of things that I liked. It, it felt like I was watching sort of like a you know, twenty thirteen sort of Huddersfield Giants team, the way we applied ourselves in that game. I think it was really the best kind of defeat you can have, even though, you know, obviously it's still a loss, but I can't think of a, a much better defeat <laughs> we've had to endure. But um, I came away from the game a bit good, really. Um, but then on reflection, it was, you know, a great performance from the boys. And um, yeah, I've been sort of wrestling with my own emotions on how I feel about this game because you know a loss is a loss and that's what it'll go down in history as but I saw a lot of things as I say that I really liked about our performance and as you said Luke Yates really uh, typified everything that Ian Watson, Ian Watson wants from this team and I think he's going to lead by example and everyone will start, um, you know, follow his lead if you like For me you were definitely our best forward Friday night I thought the two tackles he put on the big men when he just gets into the rims and gets under the ball I thought were two Cracking tackles, I agree. I think he's been a really good lead of our pack. I think he played about 70 minutes as well, didn't he? Yeah. Played some big minutes. I think he only went off in second half for a short breather and then was straight back on. People saying he's more of a loose forward than a prop, but I don't know. I, th- I think he's good at prop. He don't make metres, does he? But he's on the field for the whole, you know, if he had a, for me, if he had an impact prop that could come on. And you could use, the, you know, instead of bringing him off after 20 minutes like we do with some of us forwards, if you had Yates on for 70 minutes at prop and then you had another big forward that could come off the bench, you know, and, and use that interchange that you've saved, then mm. it's, then you know, I'd, I'd see the benefit in that. But at the moment, we don't really have that, do we? We, you know, it's um, we don't really have any impact as such. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's where we need to improve for next year. Um, yeah, obviously we need a monster, doing, don't we? Yeah, there's no doing nobody in the market at the time and, I think we passed that that phase of just signing players for the sake of it, because then you end up with you know players like you know who, <laughs> um, um, and that's not the sort of players we want, is it? You know, we want players that are going to come and play and and you know do well. We've had them in the past, like you know, panic buyers like Shannon Waitman and stuff, and we need to be aiming better for that now. Mm, but on the on the flip side, defensively, when you've got players like Yates and, and Michael Lawrence, you've got two players there that are tackling articulated lorry driving through, wouldn't you? So. You know, it's just maybe just someone just to punch through the holes in the the opposition, and yeah. and and we'll be we'll be pretty much almost there, which is great. And one thing you guys wanted to see was uh, Ricky Lutelli as well playing uh, playing at centre, and, and and again he showed up quite well. Probably his best game, would you say, Jake? 
yeah, yeah, definitely. He's getting better. You know, the more game time he has, the more time with the team he's, he's going to improve. He looks strong. He looks like he can bust a tackle. Um, and you see, when we get Jake Wardle back, we've got two people on either side then, um, if you move one of them across, that can bust tackles. I think we need to be getting ball out wide. You know, we've, we're strong in, in middle defensively. We look dangerous when we go out wide, but we don't seem to go out wide often enough for me. Um whether that's a tactics um, sort of thing from Watson, I don't know. But when we do decide to throw the ball out wide, we do look dangerous, don't we? And um, I believe he was on the right-hand side, wasn't he, Nathaniel? I'm starting doubting myself after the dodgy intro I did at the first take that people want here. But um, it's looking good, isn't it, for the prospects at the centre and, and the fringe as well, on the wings. It's starting to look like you could see partnerships developing there, which will suit us going, going forward in the long run. Yeah, I think he played left centre, didn't he? Actually, not right. Yeah, yeah he was on left. Uh, McQueen were right. Um, he was named on the right to confuse everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, just looking was. at the sheet he here. And I'm... <laughs> yeah, you're quite right. So that's probably where the confusion came in. Um, I think he must listen to his podcast, if I'm honest. Because I can't remember where it was. I'm sure someone said he doesn't have the hands like Jake Wardle. Well, the hands that he showed to put down Ellen just before half time. Yeah. Pretty good to me. So, yeah. like I said it last week, he must have listened to him as I was showing this week. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I thought he was excellent on Friday night. He really, you know, made a couple of breaks early on, didn't he? Looked lively. A bit disappointed. He went a bit quiet, I thought, in the second half. But I think maybe that's we didn't put the ball as way often. And um, obviously, the second half, we did a lot more defending. Didn't we? So that may be yeah. why. But, you know, in his own half, he did what, what Leroy does, and a lot of underappreciated work is when we're coming out of his own half, he gets the hands on the ball and he makes us, puts on the front foot, makes yards when his followers are tired. And I think that shows Leroy does it a lot as well. and Jake Wardles, and I think that's some Ian Watson and probably Simon Wolford, the past coach, got into him. But yeah, it was definitely his best game and showed good hands for Darnell's trying. What a try that was, though. What, what amazing yeah. athleticism. And it's not the first time Darnell's done that either. You, you roll back to that amazing try we scored at Salford a couple of years ago where Leroy with the out of the back of the hand and then Darnell flies in down the fight. He's got that in his locker and it's, it's very sort of NRL-esque, isn't it, that you see, you know, the top tries that you'll see on YouTube. Uh, fantastic work from Darnell, isn't it? And uh, he's uh, he again. He's you know you see these flashes from Darnell, and he looks like you know I, I still class him as a prospect, really. But he's he, you know you see these flashes, and you think you know what there is a top player in there for sure. Oh, he's turning into a good winger. I mean, Louis Senior can finish as well. To be fair, down that mm. left, but our attack usually heads down the right, doesn't it? When we close to the line, um, but when we do get the ball to these guys on the left, you know the the prove that they can finish. Um, to, for me, his left side looks far more dangerous and better defensively than than, than at the, the right at the moment, no matter who we seem to have down there. You know, we've had Leroy inside Jerry, we've had McQueen, we've had Wood. It always seems to look a bit iffy in defence, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know why that is, whose fault that is. I no idea, but it's, we seem to concede most of tries down that side, don't we? Especially this season. Maybe some Just going back to Darnell, um, just a point I wanted to make. I think one thing he's added to his game in recent months is is carrying the ball out from defence. Mm-hmm. He's always been pretty good at it, but this season especially, he's really been, um, you know, driving, pushing, making decent metres, decent yardage. I think he's probably been uh, learning from Jerry in that regard, yeah. and it's uh, certainly proven uh, that way at the minute. It looks to have bumped up a bit as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. From last yeah, definitely. previous years, I think that's doing yeah. some good. Yeah, and then just going back to the Latelli Jake Wardle thing, um, one of them's going to have to go out play on the right. Which one? You know, is there any no no evidence of either of them playing out there? I don't think. Is well, it? you'd probably say at the moment, given the stage of the careers, you know, that probably likely it is Jake Wardle's going to adapt 
quicker to a new position than Lotelli. Isn't he? Lotelli is what thirty-one now. He's played on the left his whole career. Jake's what twenty-two. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably going to adapt to that side quicker, isn't he? You know, given a run of games. But I think we've got to give him a run of games there. We can't put him in once if he looks a bit out of place for a game, then drop him. Uh, I think we've got to, you know, mm-hmm. get him across there and stick with him for a, three or four weeks. Yeah. I might do his England prospects good as well because mm-hmm. if you can show they can play on either side, then he's probably yeah. obviously boost his chance of selection for England. Jake Wardle moved it right just from the, from the pre-season friendly where Italian Wardle both started and Jake played on the right so right. Um, unless that that game changes opinion I think that's probably the way they'll yeah they'll go if if them two of the first choice centres over Leroy went when all three are fit gosh you can't rule out Leroy of course um, Aidan Caesar guys I thought he was um, very very good and Josh's kicking was was on point as well today wasn't he straight from the tee you know no criticism this week it yeah, was no, it, I can't, it's great I can't, again I can't he, bash him this week no how can you bash him he's the one who listened to the podcast and said Josh I'll show you <laughs> yeah. yeah he's been out practicing every night with my words ringing in his ears exactly the, the emperor um, yeah I thought it was fantastic and um Post match as well, he gave us a little bit of a uh, a little bit of hope, didn't he? That he might stay for a, a little while. He's he's definitely teasing the likes of uh, us and myself, who's a big fan on here. Um, are we are we hopeful? Are we hopeful? Give me something. Um, yeah, I, I've seen plenty of players say they're not leaving and then they still go. But I was they asked Bevan French last year and he stayed at Wigan for this year. So uh, for him. He probably don't want it, but for me, hopefully no one at NRL wants him, so he's stuck on his field and he'll stay with us for a bit. Mr. Thewlis, if you're listening, Darnell, contract, Caesar, contract, and you've got a very happy podcast going on here. Probably amongst and a big prop, you know. We don't ask for much, do we? <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> we said last week, didn't we? We can't see him going to another club in Soap League. I think he's happy at the Giants. Uh, yeah. If he goes to the NRL, you can't blame him. You know, mm. Daryl Clark said last week at Warrington, it's all rumours, but, you know, there's strong reports linking him to NRL, and I fully expect him to be there next year, if I'm honest. He's a class so actor, Daryl Clark. Is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, aren't you, in front of the sky cameras? They're not going to stand there going, no, I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> <See> <laughs> They've got rest of yeah, to play with, lads. <laughs> yeah, you've got to expect he's going to give a diplomatic answer, and he's not going to say, I'm off, like he said. Um, but I, I think he could easily get an NRL club, to be honest. Um, also, we'll still keep the up, boys. Come on. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm with Nathaniel yeah, on this we'll one. Shush, 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 shush. Staying. I think we've got a good chance of him staying, actually. But at the start of this season, I was sort of thinking, well, if we've only got him for one more year, we need to do something this year. But well, the way this season's the way this season's shaping up, uh, working out, it's, it's more like maybe next year we'll we'll have more chance of doing something major. So if we could keep him on for that. That would be that would be massive. However, though, what if a what if a player became available on a two three year deal that were a class player and sees a turn mm. and says, "I'm only staying for more year." What would you do then? Depends who it is, Get them both. how old they are, what nationality they are. <laughs> Get them both. <laughs> how many marquee like players a... are you allowed? Three, two, three. Get them in. Get them well, in. I think yeah. All depend on it, logic. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Ed and Caesar. So after that, um, another thing on we've got on the agenda here is who you would play alongside him because uh, Nathaniel, you mentioned Ashton Golding's returning soon. Um, he's uh, I, I really like Ashton Golding. Uh, there's a there's been a couple of tries this year. I I like Lee Gaskell as well, uh, fullback. Not so much as in the halves, but I, I do like Lee Gaskell. Uh, and you watch a couple of the tries. I think it was Bodine Thompson against Leeds where he went low 
And that's where Ashton Golding's really good defensively, you know, mm. keeping those those out, whereas Gaskell at 6-3, you know, is a bit harder to get down. Um, I think defensively, Golden's an excellent player. Um, really like Ashton Golden. And he plays hooker as well, doesn't he, for Jamaica? He's got quite a lot in his uh, his tank. Um, if he comes back in at fullback, who are you looking then to partner with Aiden Caesar? Are you looking at Gaskell or are you thinking of keeping Jack Cogger and Caesar going together? I'll throw, um, throw that on, openly. On the Ashton Golden point... Um, I'm not blaming Lee Gaskell one bit for the loss on Friday and I don't want anyone to presume I am I feel we'd have won on Friday if Ashton Golding played there's a Regan Grace try where as you said Matt he's 6 foot 3 it's difficult for him to get down mm. well if Golding were there I think Golding holds Regan Grace up he'd take the 6 points off and win by a point however I know it's a completely different game if that gets held up they could have scored off the next play mm. Um Ashton Golden's defence is second to none. Uh, I think he's one of the best defensive fullbacks in the league. So it'll be a massive plus and a massive return when he comes back. Regarding your halfback situation, I'm a massive Gasky fan, but for me, you don't bring a 22, 23-year-old Jack Cogger over from then out to sit him in the stands. I think he's shown enough at the start of the season next to Caesar. He's getting better and better every week. For me... Jack Cogger would start next to Aiden Caesar in the halves. Um, I'm pretty sure Jake thinks the opposite, though. So, hey, um, I, I, I'm with you actually because as soon as he did that spiral bomb against Leeds, there were shades of Danny Brough there, and I was like, right, he'll do for me. But um, yeah, yeah Jake, what are you thinking? Gaskell, so, <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah, yeah Golden goes straight back in if he's fit in two weeks' time. You don't give him a few weeks for me. He goes straight back in. Um, I'm going to be a little bit critical of Gaskell. I think he's a bit soft. Proved it on a couple of occasions against St. Helens. I think he got the ball stripped when returning it right by his own line. You know, that first 10 minutes, I think he went missing in that second half. He shies away from eyeballs sometimes. He looks good sometimes against the poorer teams. He can make a break against your whole KRs, you know. But when it's when you're playing top teams, it's when you notice that you're in a fullback. Um, you know, other teams have got, you know, like Cass of Lucky to have Evolds and O'Brien that can fit in and they just play so well there. You know, we're going to have got Ardacre or French, big dilemma to have. We once Golding gets injured, you're looking at our team and you think, who oh, do we play there? Yeah, Gaskell's done all right thus far, but you can tell in these big games against big teams, he's not a fullback. You know, uh, I think one of the commentators on Sky Wells, I think, said he's found his position. They have to disagree with that, really. You know, defensively, he's a bit weak. He did. Some good defensive stuff as well. Though. I think he held up Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook in that first half mm-hmm. when he went off injured, put a good shot in. Um, they reckoned on it were a head, head knock when it were <laughs> straight in ribs. Uh, I do think St. Ellen's were going down a bit easy at times to give forwards a bit of a breather. I think they had about four injuries, didn't they, where they went down as though it were a really bad injury and then as soon as they had a bit of a breather, got straight back up. thought that were a bit of a Catalan's game plan. But I'd, uh, I'd, and I'd agree with Nathaniel, really. I'd have put, Cogger in. Uh, I, I don't think you br- bring him here to sit on bench or, you know, sit in sidelines. You know, why, why is he come here? He's come here to play, hasn't he? Get game time. He's obviously been promised that game time as well. Otherwise, I can't see seen him signing for us. Would he go with Gaskell and Caesar? Start O'Brien with Cogger off the bench. He's played a bit of hooker before. Bring him on if, you know, if Gaskell's not playing well or Caesar's little gets a little bit of a knock. Do you bring him on then? Do you bring him on to spell hooker? I, I don't know. He might go that way. Um, but yeah, definitely start with Gas- uh, sorry, Cogger and Caesar and then Golding at fullback. I was just about to start, Jake, to throw a spanner in the works. Just like you said, Cogger has played nine before, so Gasky could get the Northern Cogger on the bench. And, but then again, if you do that, 
I think James Cunningham would be very, very unlucky to miss yeah, out. He played, he played well at the other day. That was, best, that was his best game for Giants. Um, yeah. yeah, I think tough choices, but I trust Ian Watson to get it right. What about you, Josh? Well, just picking up on what you said about uh, if Golden had played, we'd have won the game. Um, I don't disagree from a defensive point of view, and I, I agree Gaskell's not a fullback. But um, maybe having three halfbacks on the pitch at the same time, you know, did that did that offer us more in attack? Did that give Saints more to think about? Because as much as I like Golding, and I would have him straight back in at fullback, um, he's, like I said, he's more of a defensive fullback. So maybe having Gaskell on the pitch did that did that give Saints some more to think about? Maybe wouldn't have scored as many points. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just playing devil's advocate there, but in terms of which one you partner Caesar with when Golden Golden comes back in, um, for me, and I, I appreciate what you're saying about Cogger. He's not come all this way to sit in the stands, but for me, he's got to prove that he's a marked improvement on Gaskell. And for me, I don't think he's done so yet. I know he's not been here, not been here long, and there's been some good signs from him. But I, at this moment in time, as we're speaking, I've seen more from Gaskell as a player than Cogger, personally. But I know he's, he's, he's got plenty of time to prove me wrong. Hmm. Interesting. And obviously... Also the, ki- sorry, on, also, the kicking options that we had on Friday night, going back to what I said about having three halfbacks on the pitch, it was not as obvious who was going to kick because you've got Gaskell, Cogger, and Caesar who can all kick. When Golding comes back in, you've only got Cogger or Gaskell and Caesar. So that's just another point. Just throwing this out there, you wouldn't potentially think of playing Gaskell right centre? No, 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 definitely not. No. And if Lee Gaskell does want to reply to Jake Rollins, it's uh, Jay Rollins two thousand seventeen on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so. I just don't think he's not he's not <laughs> strong enough. To I think the big position. thing on Ashton Gold as well is I'll just get it in there while we're talking about him. They were set, and like Jake said, they went down injured. I think they went down injured on there, right? Um, I can't remember who it was. And then the ship, the next play, they literally just shipped it all the way to the left wing. Uh, our right edge, like we were saying, and they scored in the corner. I think it was Regan, probably one of Regan Grace's tries. And I think the only thing I can imagine being wrong, I don't know, I've not watched it back from that point of view, is our numbers must have been wrong. You know, if they've got eight attacking players on that side, we should really have eight defenders on that side. But I feel that we couldn't have done because we got stripped for numbers so easy. Now, I don't know if it's someone's that bit in and took a lead runner in, so we had two on one man and that's just left us outnumbered on the right, or we didn't have his numbers right, but if he didn't have his numbers right, Golden's very good at that. If he, Golden's yeah. a good talker, he's good at getting his numbers right and mm. positioning people. I thought Gaskins did a good job. You could see him behind the play, picking people up out of the rook and getting them where he wanted them, but if that is the answer where we're just, we're just outnumbered, then we look at the fullback and I think that's where a natural fullback and Ashton Golden yeah. will fit in better mm. for us. And Sorry, go on, you go, Jake. I mean, you can criticise Jerry a little bit on that, right? Because he comes flying out sometimes. Uh, he did it on a few occasions on, on a Friday night. Um, but is he doing that to make up for the, you know, the the lack of men? Um, if, if he's sent to no, goes, he's got to go. Yeah, um, but, you know, if he flew out sometimes and he didn't have a chance in hell and, you know, it was quite an easy try for Grace and... and, and um, we need to get better down that right hand side. We'll just look a bit vulnerable, um, no matter who plays there. And I don't know why that is. You know, are we, are we overcompensating on left, and which is leaving us open on right? I, I don't know. But like you said, we shouldn't have been conceding that try straight away from that, you know, from there, um, especially when they went down injured. You know, his defensive line should have been set, and a better defensive fullback, I think, would have got the men 
um, or at least got across um, to, to try and get him over into touch or something. Um, yeah, we're a bit disappointed with that try. That looked worse one at game, to be honest, for me. Oh, I was fuming. <laughs> on, on Gaskell, he's out of contract at the end of this season. And although he's, as we've said, he's, he's got his flaws playing at fullback, for me, I think he's done like, a good enough job to be a second option for a team like us. We're not, we're not going to have Hardacre and Bevan French competing for a number one position. No. So I think do, if we if we are to go with, um, you know, to keep Gaskell at the club next year, I think he strengthened his case for a new contract um, with his performances at fullback. Maybe oh, so, well. maybe so, but I don't think he'll, you know, if, if Cogger, see, the thing with him going to fullback is if Cogger starts playing well, Cogger's going to get the nod over Gaskell. Uh, you'd think at the moment because it keeps you know your half backs the same, unless one of them gets an gets an injury. Of course, at that point it becomes a you know when he's trying to negotiate a new contract, is he negotiating as a starting Super League half? Well, he's not at that time, is he? Mm-hmm. Will he get an offer from somebody else? You know, he's probably on his last contract, big contract, isn't he? You know, what is he now about twenty eight, twenty nine? You know, if he yeah, takes a three year deal, so yeah, for, if he takes a three year deal somewhere. If Giants offer him another one-year contract and somebody else offers him, but I won't be offering him a three-year contract. Um, no, not with his injury record. No, I'd be offering him a year um, if we do offer him one. Um, you know yeah. what does that say, Tolly Russell? Who's you know the speaking highly of? That's another year where he's going to get minimal game time again, isn't it? He's already not playing much this year. For me, just going back to what I said about why I think Gaskell's better than Cogger, I'll back it up a bit. Um, when we've got the ball on the opposition try line, if the ball comes to Gaskell. I think there's more chance of him doing something with it than Cogger. I've not, I've not seen him. You know, I don't even know what he is really. He's, he's a running half, but he didn't make any breaks. That's that's. I've been harsh on him here because he's, he's not been here long. But I don't know. Give me some. Tell me what. Tell me what he is, guys. I think personally, Cogger plays with Caesar better. Caesar's a running halfback. You know, Ian Watson said after the Leeds game that Caesar had his best game because he ran the ball, which tells me Aidan Caesar's the running half-back. Cogger, for me, is the better organiser. For me, Gaskell, I agree, he's a very, very good half. And if he was going to be starting half, then I'd be more than happy to offer him a two, three-year deal and let him stay at the club. If Cogger and Caesar are your half, then, like I say, you'd probably, you definitely stay, keep him, don't you? So... It's a weird one. Um, yeah, I think Caesar should be running half. Coggers, yeah, you dictate, lead around the pit, pitch, and Caesar will chime in when he wants. Obviously, if Caesar asks for the ball, I'm sure he's the marquee man. He gets the ball only when he asks for it, like Danny Bruff used to back in the day. So. But yeah, for, for me, Cogger just, just suits in and Caesar better. I mean, I could be wrong. Ian Watson might to, tell me I'm talking about To be honest. I won't necessarily think. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I was going to say I don't think necessarily Gaskell and Cogger will be a bad option if Caesar gets a little knock. I think no. you'd see them two probably play well together. No, but the good. problem is if you go into next year, if Caesar leaves and you've got Gaskell, you've got Gaskell, Cogger, and Russell. Gaskell's got a really poor injury record, aren't he? So you're going in knowing that you've got somebody who's going to be a starting half who's probably going to miss X amount of games this year. He's you know he's, he's kept himself fit, fair enough. But in previous years, he's missed quite a few games. And to be fair, Caesar has as well, hasn't he? You know, he's missed his fair share. Um, you think Cog has got a better kicking game than Gaskell? I do, yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh. I'm, I, it sounds like I'm digging out Cogger here, but 
I'm not. I yeah, want like, to do well. It, it, it depends. I think we don't we don't kick well when we get near opponents' line on on the last set of a set. You know, last set. Uh, you know, last play. We uh, we seem to just make a mess of it all the time. You know, the teams are always drilling it in goal, and we look a bit vulnerable. We have to knock it into you know dead. We just mm. never seem to look. You know, I mean, first try we're good, wasn't it? Little dab through, but we don't do that. To, we don't do that very often, do we? You know, we either you know people either charge it down or we just knock it straight into someone or we turn the ball over. Um, you know, I just, but I think kicking. You know, when we when we midfield and we're looking for position, I think Cogger Cogger's a better kicker than Gaskell. Um, I think honest. it depends if you're talking long or short. I think mm. Gas has got the bigger boot on him to get it get us downfield yeah. if we're kicking yeah. out of his own half. The short kicking game from Cogger, I've been really impressed. He's probably unlucky not to have two tries in the last two weeks off the back of his little chips up for McQueen. You know, it was. So Friday night was a repeat of the Leeds game, wasn't it? Cogger chips into corner, McQueen up, knocks it back, Jones scores yeah. and both weeks it's been disallowed for knock on, forward, whatever they want to call it. So but yeah, short short kicking game, Cogger. Long kicking game, I'd say Gaskell. Interesting. So Regan Grace guys, bit good. Yeah, good finisher, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, a, a good bit, finisher, it? but we made it easy for him, didn't we, on a couple of occasions. You know, I'm pretty sure if it were, you know, Wigan or somebody else on that right edge, you know, muscling up a bit, I don't think he discard them tries as easy as what he did. You know, I think we were a bit we're a bit weak on that side. Yeah, it was definitely stoppable. That one after the play stopped and he, he went out wide yeah. to left to Grace. But it's interesting that he's only signed a one year contract extension. So is he is he after he's Welsh after all, so is he um Union of future maybe in rugby union here. Leave us alone, rugby union. Right then, speaking of um St. Helens, um we've had our say now, so any other business guys before we hear from our resident St. Helens fan this week? Well, let's see. Let, the, let the experts speak. Yes, yeah, so fantastic. So um yes, yeah, so we've had our say, so it's now time for a St. Helens fan to have theirs, and we've got a good one this week. Uh, we have a broadcast journalist and a voice very familiar to many darts and rugby league fans on TV. Uh, we've got Stuart Pike. Well, the Giants have certainly made it tough for us over the last couple of games in Super League and in the Challenge Cup quarterfinals. I think uh, at the end of the day, Saints will be relieved uh, to get through to the semi-finals. I know it's been a long time between drinks for uh, for Saints in winning it. 2008 at Wembley, they beat Hull. I was there, uh, but nothing since. And I know it's been even longer for, for all the Huddersfield fans. 1953, of course. Uh, even I wasn't born then. Um, but yeah, I think the signs are still good, you know, uh, for the Giants. I know Ian, Ian Watson very, very well. Um, massive uh, underachievers uh, over the years, the Huddersfield Giants. He was at Salford, huge overachievers. And I, I expect Ian Watson in the next three years uh, to turn Huddersfield into trophy winners. I really do. I bat them at the start of the season to finish in the, uh, the playoff positions. I've seen nothing really to change my mind. Yes, they've had some 
disappointing uh, results, but I think the performances uh, are getting better and better and better. Gaskell at fullback looks good. The halfback partnership now, Cogger and Caesar, is beginning to gel. I don't think it's a it's a really good side. Luke Yates for me is one of the best forwards uh, in Super League. He was in my uh, my selection for the Super League Dream Team last year. Uh, the only thing I would say is that it'd be nice to see a few a few more youngsters coming through. Obviously, with the likes of McGilvray and and Cudjo and Michael Lawrence and a few more, but there is a bit of age to the side. Uh, but Ian Watson knows what he's doing. Have the faith, stick with him. As for the cup tie, well, Regan Grace's hat trick, I think, was the difference. Uh, Saints were just a little bit more patient, a little bit better uh, when it came to execution. But I wouldn't worry. Uh, I really think that Ian Watson will turn Huddersfield round and make them into a trophy-winning team. You've just got to have patience. Don't forget that the club have probably outlaid more money uh, this season on players than, than they ever have. Uh, the big question mark is, can they persuade uh, Aidan Caesar to stay? If Caesar stays, um, I think the success will, be, will come sooner rather than later. Uh, the big question is, though, uh, will the lure of going back to the NRL uh, make a difference? We shall see. But uh, for Saints, well, the dream is there to finally win a Challenge Cup at Wembley for the first time in, in 13 years. Hopefully... Uh, I'll be there, Saints will be there and it'll be a grand day out in July uh, at the famous old stadium but if I was a Huddersfield fan I'd still be very, very optimistic that uh, that things for the Giants will will turn around this season Fantastic, so thanks to uh, Josh for getting Stuart on uh, we've been doing this two weeks and I think that's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of beating to top that don't you think? Yeah, it's almost like he's a professional, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It made me excited, though, for the future of uh, future Huddersfield Giants, you know, backing Ian Watson there to, to win a couple of trophies. And, you know, apart from the 2013 League Leaders' Shield, you know, it's been slim pickings, but I feel excited after listening to that. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever I speak to Stuart, he's always, uh, well, in recent times anyway, he's been very positive about our prospects. And, you know, he's a guy who knows what he's talking about. He's got a lot of contacts in the game. So that's got to you know fill you with optimism that we're getting tipped by someone as knowledgeable as Pikey. Fantastic. Right, let's move on to uh, some of our talking points now. Um, so Nathan, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, disciplinary in uh, rugby league or the RFL disciplinary panel as well. Yeah, it's probably just me rant of the week. Um, couple of incidents that's happened this week and and last week. We'll start with the Lee Mossop. Shoulder charge into the back against Casford last week in the league. Uh, he got Simbin for it, I think, and the disciplinary panel seemed to redeem it as a no match ban. He was okay to play against Cass in the Cup this week. Liam Watts did the same this Saturday in the Cup and probably weren't as bad as Liam Ossett. They weren't as hard, it weren't as late, I don't think. And then the disciplinary panel give him one game ban this week, so he'll miss out this week. I know it doesn't affect us, but, you know, there's the inconsistency in it. The Wigan game, Sam Powell did a cannonball tackle. The whole play got told to carry on. Jack Brown did a cannonball tackle. He got Simbin. But they both come back this week. It's, it's no charge. It's, you, you know, Simbin sufficient. No one got banned. And I think they're so obsessed, and rightly so, of protecting the players to the head injuries because it is serious, the heads, and we want to make sure all the players are right. So it's rightly so, but... We're forgetting that a cannonball tackle and hit off the hit off the ball 
can cause you head injuries. A cannonball tackle can break legs. It can tear your ACLs, and that can also be career-ending injuries. I just think the the inconsistency every week, like I say, it's the same thing happened last week in the same two teams, and one got one one game banned, and the other one done. And I just don't get how they how they come to it. So, but yeah, it's just me ranting the week, but they need to sharpen that up because you know if someone does a cannonball tackle this week on us and say it's an Aiden season, he's out for three months, then a lot of people say that our season's over, won't they? So it could cost teams the playoff hopes and mm. you know, maybe the grand final hopes and stuff. So I just think they need to sharpen up and probably do a bit, make it more clear of why they're getting banned and why they're not. I just I think uh, all we ask for is, is the consistency, isn't it? You know, it's, it is difficult to judge what, what is and what isn't as bad. It's a bit of a grey area because... People see things, people see incidents differently, don't they? But I, as you say, it's if they can be more consistent, you know. It's often said they, they're more lenient certain teams, you know. There's so without a doubt, you could, <laughs> yeah, you could probably uh, compile some pretty damning evidence to suggest that over the years, but. I'm not. Uh, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but you know, you just it's hard to disagree a, with if that. If you just go back a couple of weeks, you know, all at Saints fan forum you, uh, was thinking, you know, Matuatia were going to get banned, and then you know he didn't so much as even have a case to answer. So, um, you just, you know, if, if your own fans are, you know, saying, "Oh, he's definitely banned," you know, you, you know, it tackles pretty bad, you know. Um, you know, we've we've had a fair share of players banned over the years. Uh, Wigan seem to be a, a team that seem to escape it quite often. Um, You've got to ask what they do at these panels, you know. Who do they get in? Do they get independence in? You know, do they, you know, is it the same people doing it time after time? They don't make it transparent, that do they really? So you'd no idea, really. Going back to the head knocks, though, do you believe some teams utilise that as a bit of a tactic? And yes. Fake head injuries. Uh, I definitely witnessed Definitely witnessed that at St. Helens on Friday night. You know, McCarthy Scarsbrook took a bit of a knock to ribs. Uh, they went, took, took him off as an HIA. And even uh, Christian Wolf after the game, I think they, they said to him, how was his, uh, how was his head? And he, I thought he didn't pass. Um, um, and so that he wasn't, he wasn't sure. Um, but they said on Sky that he'd passed it. Um, you know, so did he not come back on the field? No, he didn't apparently. But you know, when when he went off, he were holding his ribs, and you see challenge straight into his ribs, and then straight away they went off with Ed. And I'm thinking, well, no, that's gone off. You're injured. Get you know, get off. Um, I think, um, yeah, a few teams I've noticed you utilise it quite a bit. You know, and seem to pass and it also, straight back on. <laughs> also, if the game's on Sky, and uh, there's a bit of a dodgy tackle, um, they know that if they stay down, it's going to get seen on the screen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There'll be a yellow or a red card. Whereas if they just got up and played it, then they miss a chance for that. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. It seems to be teams with big forwards as well. You know, big forwards that can put a good 20-minute stint in. And then, you know, if they can go off for 10 minutes and then come back on and they don't have to use a sub, it benefits them massively. Um, We're cynical, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Something else that could benefit everybody massively, moving on to it, is the video referees are going to be at all games, aren't they, um, before too long? Um, positive move, guys? Uh, yeah, if you're going to use them, you know, like <laughs> we, you know, if it had gone upstairs for us on Friday night, you know, if, if you can actually use the video refs, then yeah, great stuff. But if you're not, you know, you're going to take matters into your own hands and just, uh, you know, because I'm pretty sure, like I said, I, I had to be bitter, but I think if that oh, we were up the other end on Friday night, he'd have either pointed to the spot or he'd at least gone up to the video ref. Um, and that's the frustrating thing about it, really. You know, I'd, if they're there, use them. Possibly yeah, for me. 
Go on, Josh. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I was going to ask you something actually. So, but my opinion on video after every game is yeah, yeah, fine. You know, it's obviously good to have every game played under the same conditions. It's often it's been a criticism for years. You know, so games are refereed in different ways because there's no video, obviously. And just touching quickly on that on that point, Jake made um, the try, the Josh Jones try. It was Josh Jones, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, how was that? I mean, I, I can't believe. You see some of the some of the potential tries they go and look at, and you know there's no chance it's going to be a try. And that one, to me, it could easily have been given. I, I cannot believe it didn't even go to the screen. Yeah. But anyway, that, I'm digressing here. My, my, my point was, um, I've been watching a little bit of the NRL recently, not as much as I was before, but uh, I watch it now and again. Um, I think I noticed the other day in the game that I watched, the tries were being sent up. I think it was the South v Melbourne game. Tries were being sent up so that the referee was giving the try. He wasn't putting his, he wasn't doing the box in the air. He was giving the try and then they were reviewing it as the kicker was lining up the kick kind of thing. And if there was anything wrong with it, they'd pull it back. Um, now, I know you, you're a big NRL fan and you're probably expert on this. Have they changed the, the way they go to the video? Yep, they have in the NRL. Uh, you spawn. If the ref thinks it's a try, instead of going to video ref, they'll award the try. And like you say, while the kicker's lining it up, they'll have a quick look, and if there's any sort of doubt, they'll just tell the kicker, wait two minutes, it's under review. Um, if they don't think it's a try and someone scores, then they'll go to the video ref and say, no, try. This is why. So it speeds the game up. You know, they're not all waiting around. Then it's given if... It gives the referee the more importance. He's got to make a decision. Rather than if he doesn't know, he's just going to, oh, I don't know, send it up. He has to make a decision if he feels it's a try because he'll give it. I think it'll work. I think we have video rest every game. I think that's probably the way we should go. Put a bit more responsibility on our referees. They sit like Jake said. They seem to want to go to the video ref for everything. So let's let's go to him. Let's give him a bit more responsibility. And we all understand that they're going to make mistakes. They're not robots. They are human after all. And I would say as you in his WhatsApp group chat, I thought James Child... On Friday's funny old game. If you look at Saints boards, they think he had a Giants shirt on. You look at Giants boards and <laughs> you think he had a Saints shirt on. But I actually watched it back and, you know what, I don't think he had a bad game. Yes, he misses things here and there, but the refs are going to do that. Like you said, the Josh Jones try were big and maybe the forward pass for one of Egan Grace's try, maybe, but you look at the touch judges for that. Um, probably a set restart that I've mentioned on my social media platforms where Walmsley asked for it and just seemed to get it. I'm sure that wasn't the case, but you know, so I think for just had a bad game, but yeah, he should have used the video ref for the Josh Jones try. And I think if you game at every game, you'll see him used more because, like you say, sometimes the refs use it as a cop out, don't they? Yeah. The video I've, seen, I've seen Mr. Child have, he's had worse games that I've seen, but um, yes. yes, going back to the point about the, the new system in Australia for using the video, it's quite interesting because. In football, the system that they're using obviously has been much derided by the fans, but that uh, the new system they've adopted in Australia seems to be more going along those lines of making decisions while the game's sort of in play. So it's quite quite interesting that um, the a sport that's had the video in play for years is now starting to like adjust the way they're doing things. Maybe that is because of the VAR in football, and maybe they've thought we could do it this way, I'm not sure. Well, what they can actually do as well in the NRL is, you know, if there's a challenge and a late challenge off the ball, if the ref doesn't see it, it can carry on. 
the video ref or the bunker, as they call it, will look at it and they can go back two or three players. They carry the advantage. Mm. If they lose the ball, they can go back two or three players and say, right, that's foul play, that's dangerous contact. We're having a penalty over here. So they do let it play. And the game's a lot quicker. The games are better to watch. It's not stop-start. Um, and I think that's why it's a better spectacle to watch. And, I and you don't get... So you don't, you don't get what we mentioned earlier about if there's been a bad tackle or a dodgy tackle, player stays down because they know it's going to get looked at. But like you said there, if if every tackle's been looked at, then they, they wouldn't they wouldn't have to do that because yeah. they'd know it'd be looked at by the yeah. video ref anyway. That's it. So I completely agree that with you three that so video refs at every Super League game would be a massive massive plus. Um, also, Australia also have captains challenge. If you have a video effort every Super League game, that could be brought in over here. There's just so many options. I know it's all about money, so it might not be possible, but for me, it's a massive yes. I'll, I'll throw something controversial in here. Um, there is definitely a game when I'm glad we didn't have a video referee, and it was uh, London Broncos at home two years ago where they actually scored <laughs> right near the end. Yeah. It actually was a try, and you know that, that the scene is relegated, to be honest. So <laughs> I think we have, uh, we have benefited from not having them time to time as well. No, that's Another right. thing I just thought, <laughs> just thought as well, it, do you know what the plans are? Will there be screens at every game? Because if, if there's not a screen, then that's... You know, that's that's a bit. You know, everyone stood waiting around. They can't yeah. see what they're looking at. That's that's probably not a good look. No, because that that terrified me. If you've got Bobby X up there, <laughs> yeah. well, um, it's to kill you, won't it? Yeah. But also, I know, video, at every game, just to go back, I know Jay was very critical of our performance last week against Leeds Rhinos. But you have a video effort that game, and it goes up, and the free tries get given. We win by 19, 20 points, and no, that's true. All of a sudden, everyone's thinking it's a really good performance, and we're not as critical as we were. So. You know, swings and roundabouts, like you said, but for me, please, please get it in there, make it a fair playing field. And then, you know, a lot of fans have the doubt that Leeds and Wigan and Saints are always on Sky, so they get the video refs every week where Udfield and your sofas and your weight fields are not on Sky. So it's, a, it's an advantage, isn't it, that you can get your tries checked in your cart when you're not, like I said, London will sell up Jake said, well, why wouldn't it our game? We could have stayed up. But yeah, for me, let's, let's get them in and make it a fair playing field. I just had an interesting thought, though. So, let's say that this video ref at every game system gets brought in and along with that, they adopt the NRL approach of the referee awards a try and then if there's anything wrong with it, the uh, the video ref will let him know, yeah? Okay, so we've scored a try. Caesars line up the kick and we, don't, we can't properly celebrate the try because we don't have a screen to look at so we don't know what they're looking at. So, is, is there a case where the fans can't properly celebrate the try until the kicker's taken the kick, because up until then we don't know if it's going to get overturned. Sounds like VAR oh, yeah. in football, doesn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, I think so. It's just something to consider. Yeah, well, you see the screens, and you actually hear the video ref speaking as well, and I think the players can actually hear that as well. But mm. so they know straight away if it's getting given or not. Um, so it is interesting if you can follow that model then. Yeah. So yes, yeah, for me, I think you'd, you would need a screen at every game, but that's going to be expensive. So, so say, say if in, in NRL, if, if you didn't go up to the screen like you didn't the other night, and then those who are looking upstairs and were like, that's a try, can they pull it back and say that should have been given a try? But if it, or if he hasn't been gone upstairs, full stop, is it still a no try? It'd still be a no try. The referee's made the decision yeah. he's knocked on. He's, he's confident he's made the right choice, hasn't he? And I'm not actually quite sure. The only thing I could think of that he actually thought was 
that McQueen knocked on into the St. Helens man in the air. And that's how it came back down because it definitely hit back on Chris McQueen, didn't it? So, yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah. I'm not sure. I've not seen anything to say it's right or say it's wrong since. So. I've, I've looked at it a couple of times and for me it's a try. You know, it's we've been really hard done to there. And, you know, it changes all complexity of that game. Being 12 nil up, you know, right. We'd have definitely kicked that. We're right by its sticks, wasn't it? You know, 12 nil up. It's, it's a different game then. You know, Saints are, you know, tw- it's different being six points behind, isn't it? But 12 points, it's, you know, it's a different ball game. Um, Shall we look forward then after uh, after our look back at the game? We've got Warrington coming up on Monday. Um what would what or any team changes would you guys make? Um, it's a little bit early, isn't it, for, in terms of uh, seeing the squad and knowing who who is fit and who isn't fit. But you know, presuming that things are uh, as we suspect, um, any changes that you guys would make, Josh? Um, only changes I would make would be uh, fitness related. If if players come back from injury, um, Ashton Golding, if he's fit, he comes straight back in at number one for me. And also Jake Wardle, he's too good to leave out the side. I'd put him in. Um, I think we've agreed that maybe he's going to go right centre. But aside from that, um, they're the only two that I've got in my head. But you know, having Sam Wood on the bench without playing him two games in a row—that's uh, that's a strange one. So it, maybe it is when you've got McQueen on field, whose utility. You know, it, that is yeah. a str- it is a strange move for me. That you know. Yeah. Um, so maybe get another get another forward on the bench. And I know Wood can play as a forward, but maybe get a bigger forward on the bench. You know, um, maybe you know Ronan Michael. Maybe give him a guard. Well, we'd have McQueen, wouldn't you? You know, if Wardle came yeah. back and we're right, McQueen had McQueen had start at second row, wouldn't he? And then you'd get yeah. Edwards or Greenwood yeah. or or Jones. Oh. Well, Jones is going Jones is going to start into. He'd probably yeah. I don't know. One of them would have to start come on bench, wouldn't they? Yeah. Come off bench, probably be McQueen at the moment. To be honest, I'd, I'd also like to see. Um, Ollie Wilson back on the bench, maybe ahead of Owen Trout. Um, when he came to the club, Wilson was, you know, destined for big things, and he has stalled a bit uh, in his his development. But um, I'd like to see him get back on track. Um, maybe he's not doing enough in training to get on the bench. It looks you know, like we... he's lost too much weight to me, Josh. When I last saw him, Fitch, uh, yeah. it looked it looked really really lean. Um, some of the blokes look to you know Matty English looks looks to put a bit of weight on. He looks you know he looks good. He looks he looks probably the best I've seen him, Matty. Um, mm. Ollie looks really looks skinny for me when he played earlier in the year. I don't know about you mm. guys, but you know when he first came, he were he looked like he had a bit bit of weight on him. He looked you know he was quite rough and you know he played against Salford, didn't he? And he had a cracking game with Matty on Sky. Mm. And he's yeah. In, I mean last year I wasn't really impressed that much, and then. This year we haven't seen much of him, but yeah, just looked a bit slim for me. Yeah, when, well, when he came, he was like an English clone, wasn't he? Yeah, like English clone. Yeah, <laughs> polar bears in tandem, weren't they? Yeah, yeah the changes I make, um, and agree, Sam would off. If you're not going to play him, take him out of the squad. I'd personally play him. Um, I'd be having him at centre. Um, it's time to give him a crack. I think he's never let us down, so I'll probably give him a, if Leroy and Jay Warren are still not fit, then I. Probably give Sam Wood a crack at centre and let's see what he's made of. So is it time for him to step into first team? But if you're not, if you want to go with Chris McQueen at right centre, then I'd take him off the bench and probably, like I say, bring your Wilsons and your Gavitts if he's back or someone on the lines just to play forwards. But yeah, not sure on Jake Wardle. You should imagine Leroy can't be far off. He's played, 
he's been in the 21 man squad he was out warming up he was actually out warming up on Friday night oh he's just not selected I've heard now, he's fit he's just not selected he's fit if that's the case then I think McQueen will probably start centre again next week if that's the way he's going to go McQueen has played centre so um, if Jake Ward is back off so like I said he jumps in straight away um, behind the forwards the only forward I could possibly think might be that playing would be Joe Greenwood he's still yet to show me a good game in a giant shirt yet so I thought but, he did better against him yeah I did I thought that was his best game for us so far but yeah so he'd be probably the only forward I think is a bit suspect of maybe losing the place if someone was to come in but I'd still be keeping Joe Greenwood in the team and giving him time so I don't see many changes I don't think Ashton's back next week no it's 24th he said didn't he so yeah, it's probably it's likely going to be a, yeah it's likely going to be a Wigan game I think um, I mean the only thing with Joe Greenwood is it looks like he could get a yellow card at any point <laughs> he still gets a bit excited doesn't he um, yeah. but I don't think we missed Gavitt at all you know it was a game where we needed to make as minimal errors as possible and I thought we did at times you know he's always good for a couple of poor errors into Gavitt uh, um, I don't think we missed him at all to be honest um, uh, I'd probably like to say if you're not going to start Leroy or Jake Wall in the centres or Sam Wood then I'd be I'd probably just leave it as it is maybe, like I said maybe you know, forwarding on the bench for, for Sam Wood there's no part of a player on the bench who's not going to play is this so what do you think Watson's seen in Leroy's game that he's maybe not been happy with that he's got in Chris McQueen do you think it's defensively I, just, I, do I, think, think, it's, I think he, he was out injured wasn't he and then McQueen came in and did a decent job so I think he just wanted to try and repeat the Saints league performance in the cup I think that was what it was I think McQueen's had two solid games at right centre when Leroy were injured obviously for the Saints game Um, then he played against Leeds didn't when they were injured for Leeds and McQueen played there and like Josh said two solid games we won you always say why change a winning team Um, you don't change a winning formula if it's working leave it so I think that's just what Watson tried doing. Um, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he did the same again because, it was like, as we all said, it was a very good performance, wasn't it? So, mm. uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he went the same again. Um, also, in front of fans next week, isn't it? So, that could be interesting. But, like I said, I think fans will benefit us, actually. So, yeah, I think we, very similar. Do we think Sam Wood is ahead of Leroy, then, in the pecking order, if he's on the bench and Leroy's not in the 17? Tough one, isn't it? Maybe so, but is someone there because he can play wing, mm. can play centre, and he can yeah. play second row loose? Is that why he's there for the utility value? Yeah, true. Rather than Leroy, he's probably, you just say, he's probably say he's a centre. He could probably fill on the wing, but someone I think would do a better job on the wing, wouldn't he? So, um, mm. But yeah, if you're not going to play someone, I think at one point I thought someone and Trout weren't going to get on, but Trout came on in the second half, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I thought he had a good game, really good game, Trout. After he, 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 he a couple of mistakes. I think yeah. I'm in our group saying, yeah. you know, get him off his head as well as Bastard Hatties. Big carries. He, he, yeah, big carries, good tackles. He, he put his arm forward. Um, he probably deserves to play again this week. Um, yeah, interesting now with him getting selected over Roy Wilson. Like I say, he got selected over Roy Wilson, didn't he? So I presume he's in the, above in the pecking order. Um, but yeah, like I say, just keep it similar. They're playing well, so they don't know the roles here now, so for, yeah, I don't I mean, think too many changes happen. I mean, for me, we would. It's a funny one, really, because we've never given him a run of games in one position. We keep, you know, wing, then it's centre, then it's in forwards, and 
He's a bit like Michael Lawrence, you know. That's but you know when Michael Lawrence were twenty two, he were you know we gave him a set run of games in centre, didn't we? You know he played there for ages. Then we moved him into the second row. I see him being more of a forward, really, in a few years' time. Um, I just don't think he's got the attributes at the moment for to be in a set position. You know, he's he'll do a job at centre. He's not really one to bust tackles, is he? Or you know, make a break. You know, um, he's just solid. And I just think when you've got them mm-hmm. people fit like Jake Wardle, you've got to play them in front of him. You know, he's brilliant to have in squad, and every squad needs players like Sam Wood. Um, but I just think he's a, he's a bit of a waste being on bench if you're not going to bring him on. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, like I agree. said. Yeah. Um, how, how long's Joe Wardle out for? Absolutely no idea. I've heard contrasting stuff. Um, I've heard, you know, people have said to me he's done for the season. Um, the fact that Watson's never mentioned him in an interview makes you wonder, you know, but why won't Club have come out and said that? You know, I always think if, if a player is out for the season, you know, why won't Club just say, oh, ruled out for the year, you know? Um, but so you, you don't know, do you? It's Jake Wardle that's the funny one for me because. He were in 21-man squad the week after he got the knock against Catamaran we played with OKR, was it? And then the week after he was in the 21-man squad. And then he's not been in 21-man squad since. And Watson said that week, you know, they were touch and go whether we were going to play. So it's like, is he, is he, I don't know, has he got a worse injury? Is it, you know, has it flared up? Is he out for a while now? Um, he hasn't really mentioned his name, has he, for the last few weeks? No, they're both injury prone, aren't they? Yeah. But, um... but that, I don't think Joe Ward will make our strongest 17 at the moment. You know, um, I don't see how we fit. I fit Joe Wardle would for me, but if he's just come back from injury, maybe not. Can I get some predictions it, from you guys then as well while we're uh, while we're talking about? Um, oh, no one wants to go because it's, um, it's a tight one. I'm going to back us to win two league games in a row. We'll win, uh, and it'll see a start of a, a good run for us. I'll I'll say Huddersfield by six. Um, I've said it to a few people and. I know a few Warrington fans and they're not quite pleased with where the Warrington fan Warrington actually play at the minute. So if we can get in front, then I think we could easily beat them because I think the fans will be a positive for us and they'll turn on the Warrington team and Steve Price rather than yeah. support them because there's a bit of negativity around there, I think, at the minute of the way they're playing. Um, Ratchford pulled up, didn't he, in the warm-up, didn't play. Daryl Clark went off with a peck injury. Jack Hughes has received a one-game ban, so he won't play, so... Could be a few changes for them if Dale Clark's not fit and Ratchford don't make it. Matty Ashton's out for a while as well, isn't he? Ashton's not going to play, yeah. So Greg Inglis is only in his third game in, so he won't be fully fit firing yet. So we're going to smash him. I'm going to. I'll go to field by six. I, d- I did see some worrying signs, you know, English, English badge, you know, over, you know, and I do get worried on that left hand side, you know, look how easy Regan Grace barged over three men, you know, on that right hand side. English is a is a big bloke, a big strong bloke, and I can just see him causing us a few problems down that right hand side. Will play fullback? Maybe. I don't think he's fit enough to play fullback though. He he's a full big, big lad club, now, isn't he? Did he? Um, he got named. They did They did an us. They name an English at centre. Josh Fulis at fullback and Mamo on the wing. Right. And when they played, Mamo played centre, Fulis on the wing, and Greg Englis went back to fullback. So, yeah, I agree. Could cause damage on the left edge. And if Steve Price sees that, it wouldn't surprise me if that's where he put yeah. I mean, fair play so, to Mamo. He's, he's been playing well, hasn't he? This but the problem year. also had is a few Warrens fans told me that against Hulk Yar, because Greg Inglis played left centre, Toby Kim moved to the right, and he wasn't as good as he has been on the left. Right. So, he has got down problems like us. So, 
But yeah, it won't surprise me if Craig Inglis is still played at fullback, right? Unless the Ratchard's fit, they move Ratchard back there and they play Blake Costin and Wood up in the air. So yeah. he's got a few options, has if he gets mm. Ratchard fit? So I mean, Lynham's out of favour as well, isn't he, at the moment? I've heard My reports. Yeah. Um, if yeah, English I mean, does play left centre, you've got to have McQueen as right, our right centre then. I'm I'm not so sure to be honest, uh, you know, because you know, I, I don't know. I just think we've got to go with the strongest squad, aren't we? You know, I just think McQueen's defensively more solid, and he's he's bigger, obviously. If, if, if we are worried about it, we've got to pick our strongest team that we think are winning the game, and not try to worry mm-hmm. about the one player. Yeah. Players, I, uh, I do really like McQueen, though. I think he, I think he's good. In both I think he's been brilliant this year. Yeah, I just think we're better with him in forwards. You know, if you've got yeah. McQueen on bench instead of Wood. It, you know, it just makes your bench a lot stronger, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice yeah. to have Jake Wardle back in at right centre. To be fair, yeah. Yeah. any yeah, team man, with the man, players they have will be tough to beat. Obviously, yeah. your Ratford, your Austin, your Woodips, your Clarks, even in the forwards of Philbin, Chris Hill, Mike Cooper, all very good players. So they're going to be a tough team to beat. But like I say, I haven't seen anything this season where they've blown me away with all them no. players. So I think mm. if we can play the same as we did against Ellens, like I say, I'm going on to by six. Yeah. It's always a tough game against Warrington, no matter what. And especially with it being uh, on Sky, first game back with fans. But then, as you say, like all the injuries they've got, they're not they're not blowing teams away. I think we'll definitely be in the game. We'll definitely compete. I think it'll be close. And if we play like we did against St. Helens, I think we'll win the game. So I think- I'm, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to say Giants 13-12. 13-12, God. <laughs> um, I think if Daryl Clark's out, that's the big one for us. You know, he's a phenomenal player. He got him out of jail at the weekend, didn't he? He's, um, if he's out, I think we'll win easily, to be honest. Um, I still don't see us scoring over 20 points, like you say. We don't look like we can. Um, I'm, I think we've got to win, to be honest. I think it's one of them games where, you know, if we lose to Warrington, with fixtures, we'll be six points behind the top six. You know... It's hard to see. It's hard for me to see us making that up. So I think it's uh, you know everything's on the line against Warrington for us in terms of doing all this year now. So I'll go Giants eighteen, Warrington fourteen. Similar to what I was going to go for. I was going to go eighteen sixteen to Huddersfield. So pretty much a clean sweep there, isn't it? Again, we're all believing. We're all uh, back on the hype train of uh, Huddersfield Giants and. Some idiot didn't get the memo that it was a top six playoff this season again. <laughs> so uh, I'm back on the uh, Huddersfield Giants for the top six as well. So um, I think that's all we've uh, pretty much got time for this week. Uh, we've been going for an hour. So uh, thanks again for Nathaniel, Jake, Josh joining us. Uh, and we'll be back hopefully this time again next week, maybe on Tuesday. <laughs>